Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. I see my role in the body is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And I feel like the Lord has been speaking to me. Really, the most primary way for me to equip you is to convince you that you are qualified by Him. Amen? Because a lot of people don't step into their calling and they don't step out in their passion because they don't feel qualified. They don't feel like they know enough. They don't feel like their life is at a good enough place. They're not a good enough Christian. They don't know the Bible. All these weird things that we have. And it is good, obviously, to know the Word. It is good to pursue living uprightly. But look at David. Look at Moses. Look at Abraham. You know, Abraham gives his wife away, shows up 10 years late, makes all these mistakes, but yet he is the one through which God promised he would be a, that God would bless all the nations of the earth. You know, that's not a license to live recklessly. But it's also an encouragement to don't, don't let your mistakes define you. Don't let where you feel like you're not quite living up to the standard of Christianity disqualify you from getting out there and stepping out and, and living out of your passion, stepping into your calling, whatever, however small or big it might be. You know, Don't let yourself disqualify you. So I want to spend almost all of my time up here behind this pulpit right here, convincing you of the finished work of Jesus and what it means in you, who you are in him, who he is in you, so that you're continually renewing your mind and you're not depending on yourself and you're getting those seeds of life put back in you in spite of what happened yesterday, in spite of what happened last week, in spite of what happened 15 years ago that you're still allowing to define your emotions. That was one thing, man, that this coffee thing did. It's like your emotions are out of whack when you come off of it. It's like you can't control. And I wasn't like all crazy, but it just was like I just felt like I just don't feel like doing anything, you know. But it, it's just an emotional thing that's going on in your body. It's like, man, get over yourself. Get up. Do something, you know. But whether it be coffee or trauma or behavior that's beating you up, just realize I am qualified. You know, and that's where knowing the word comes in handy, like real handy, because you know that you are qualified to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light, Colossians. You know, you start just quoting scripture. And I'll say this to you. It's, it's actually really simple. It's very understanding scripture, walking obedient to God, following Jesus from the heart. It's really not that difficult to understand. You have areas in your life that you want to live in such a way that are obtaining the promises that he died for you to have, but also living in a way that reflects his glory and brings honor to his name, right? Those areas of your life that are available to be touched by that, all you do, you go to the word, find out what the word says about it so you know what your life should look like, and then you trust him for the grace to live that way. Amen, the end. That's pretty much it, right? Know the word, trust him for the grace to live it. And he will give you the grace. He will give you the power. His spirit is alive and active within you. But the difficulty comes in when we like our way better than his way. 
and the, the, the magic happens or the miracle or the transformation happens when your desire flips from resistant to his way to, gosh, I, I really value, I really value that wisdom. I really actually see that that is a better way to live than my way. And in every single area where we're still resisting his way, you're not doing it because you're evil and you're trying to just be selfish. You just don't know yet who you are in him in that area. You don't know the power of his righteousness in you in that area to live that way. Amen? And so that's what I continually want to do is just nourish who you are in him so that your heart becomes more and more receptive to know his word, know his will for you. You humble yourself to accept that because I'm, I promise you, and you know this, his way is better than our way. And you can know his way because he reveals it to you by his spirit. Amen? So we're talking about this series, um, Living Under Grace. This is number four. Real quick. Um, yeah, so I, we were trying to link our computer so it's not going to be as smooth, but I'm going to have um, Philip follow me back there. So slide number two. We started off with the idea of grace is greater than mercy. Grace is not mercy. Mercy is God can forgive you in spite of you. Grace is a power and influence in your heart to strengthen you, right? And some people say, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. But what, they, what, what legalists hear is, I'm un, not under the law, I'm under mercy. And, which means they hear, I'm not under law, I don't have to obey God because God's just going to forgive me if I sin anyway. That's what a lot of people hear when you emphasize being free from the law and under grace. They just don't understand what grace is. Do you have any they's in your life? Honestly, do you have any they's that you've tried to communicate this to and they just don't get it? It's a spiritual concept that has to be grasped by the heart and not just the mind. The concept being, no, I don't want to live recklessly. Of course I don't want to do that. Grace is actually strength within me to live in a way that brings glory to God. And, it's, and, and I actually now believe that it's better than anything that I want. And that's, that's the work is to stay in it so that your desires begin to shift. Amen? Because every desire you have is God-given. Everything that you want is designed by God for you to want. But he has a way for you to experience it in a way that's fruitful and a blessing to you and not destructive for you. Amen? All right. So then we went into how to have spiritual strength and we just talked about receiving grace in the heart. That kind of came down to this idea. If you're struggling to receive, I'm going to click through these pretty fast. So if you would, Philip, y'all appreciate Philip back there. Philip and Robin always serving. If you're struggling to receive grace, establish your heart in that area in the word. So then we went into how to become confident and bold. And I gave you a homework assignment. The homework assignment is... Choose an area to establish your heart in grace and create a confession plan. And I recommended openbible.info or just the Bible, you know, whatever, whatever works for you. And by the way, if you're not a big reader, don't beat yourself up. Like, you know, there's so many apps out there now. Just listen, listen to the Bible. Just get the word in there, you know. At some point, throw your, your AirPod or headphones in, take a walk, listen to it whatever. Just, just do yourself a favor and nourish your mind and your heart with the Word in some way. Get it in there. 
right? There's, it's so easy these days. I mean, Darth Vader will even read the Bible to you these days. <laughs> Did y'all, y'all seen that one? Is that, I think it's the Prey app, James Earl Jones. Yeah. In the beginning was the Word. I haven't actually gotten that yet, but I saw the commercial. <clears throat> All right, so this is the, I'm not going to give you different homework. Go, go back above, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the cue on the slides there, please, sir. But this one, so this one, keep doing this one. Take a picture of that, do something, but do it, amen? So in other words, find an area in your life that you want to see change for the better, find out what the Word of God says in it, and meditate in it. And confess it and speak it first person. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am holy and set apart for the master's use. I am blessed in him. I am an ambassador called to the nations to be a blessing to all nations. I am generous on every... You know, whatever it is, you make it a first person statement for you. Not to try to get God to do something for you, but for you to convince yourself that in him you already are that. And as you believe it, you will receive the grace to live it. And that's really where we're going today, is as you believe the truth, you will receive the grace to live the truth. And it's something that you can't control. It's just a matter of you getting in alignment, you know? You ever seen all those ancient megalithic structures and like a certain time of the year, the sun will come in and everything aligns just right and it lines up the, the hidden Ark of the Covenant and Indiana Jones comes swooping in, you know? <laughs> But like it's that type of thing. As you believe it, everything gets aligned, and then that's when grace comes alive within you. It's not that God is waiting to give you the grace. It's not that He's withholding until you do something to earn it. It's when your mind and your heart get in alignment humbly with His Word, the grace will come alive. And here's the interesting part, maybe even frustrating part. You don't necessarily recognize it when it happens. You don't really necessarily recognize when grace comes alive other than it feels like an idea or maybe a desire or it's like you've been doing something this way, the slightest, tiniest desire to try it a different way comes in. You think about it, mm, nah, that's too hard. I don't like that. Uh, grace, you've lost the opportunity in that moment to step into the grace for whatever that is. As you believe the truth, grace comes alive for you to experience the truth whether it be a promise like healing or provision or conquering a sin habit or dealing with depression. As you believe the truth, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You sit within that truth. If you're struggling with depression, you sit within that truth to the degree that you begin to actually believe that, the grace comes alive. And it's not mind over matter. It's not your power over that thing. It is how you access a spiritual nutrient from God in your heart. Amen? As you believe it, you will access it. So do your homework. All right, now this week, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into how messages work for me. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, so yeah, keep it on this one for just now. Um, like at some point throughout the week or even weeks ahead of time, I start getting these downloads. And, I, and I, I'm giving you insight into the pro, my process for creating these messages because the principles also apply in other areas of your life. Uh, in other words, 
I will be thinking about a particular idea or subject, and then all of a sudden this revelation highlights, and I see, oh yeah, this do, 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 like the 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 you know like the lock. What do you call it? the tumblers in a lock? They just start lining up, and the door the key opens, you know. And it's not like even some mystical process as much as it is. I'm just at a place where I can see and I'm following. Yep, 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 yep. So like this morning I woke up and some things changed in the message, but it was exactly this order that I'm about to read to you of the process through which God wants to walk us through today to bring us to a particular conclusion. So I wrote, we got a lot more slides than we normally do, but I'm going to talk less off the slides and try to stick more to the slides. But we're going to start with this one. You may not be able to read it because it's a little bit smaller. I'll read it to you. But I wanted to show you this sequence because I think you'll get something out of it. But then also use it as an object lesson for when you get that inspiration, when you get that revelation, whether it be dealing with your kids, dealing with your spouse, not dealing with your spouse. You know what I mean. My spouse is in kids' church today. But Or, or, or did I say business? Or, you know, um, what is an area of your life, uh, a, something that you want to step into. You'll get these insights and revelation. God will show you the way, but will you step into it and have the courage to make the change, right, to step into it and actually access that grace? So, all right, you can go to the next one now. Here's the process. We enter, and I'm, we're going to actually look at all the scriptures that I'm about to reference in this particular slide here. So we enter grace by faith. Grace is that power that works within us. Faith is to be persuaded of something, specifically of Christ. So we enter grace by faith, and the just shall live by faith. Now listen to this part. When you believe you are justified, or when you believe you are just, you will live by faith. Kind of makes sense, right? We enter grace by faith. The just shall live by faith. When you believe that you're just, you'll live by faith. When you live by faith, you'll access grace. When you access grace, you'll live by His Spirit and obey Him from the heart. And these are spiritual concepts that we're stepping into. So then you skip down to this idea. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So to live by the word is to live by faith. What we're doing is we're attaching living by faith to knowing the word and living by the word. Jesus said it this way, all right? So what word do you need to live by? So if man doesn't live by bread alone, but if we live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, and that is actually living by faith, you're trusting in the word that comes out of the mouth of God, whether it be written or alive in your heart, what word do you need to live by? That's your homework. You go and you find out, I've got this area of my life I need to know the word in this area because I need to know the written word so that I hear it spoken in my own heart by God because it's still alive and active in this moment today for me. So you give the, the written word an opportunity to become the living word. If you're seeing what your homework it is, guess what it is? Read your Bible <laughs> or listen to it or something. Get it in there. What word do you need to listen? And you answer that question. What word do you need? What does the word say? Um, in other words, alive in your heart. Now, whether you're trying to, what you use, that's fine, but it's more so it becomes an idea that's resonant in your heart. You know, for a lot of you, you hear God all the time. 
but you just mistake it for your own voice. You mistake the wisdom of God alive in your heart for your own voice or your own ideas. But if it's, if it's in alignment with the Word of God and it's, it makes the Word of God believable in that moment, and otherwise, another, I'm facing this impossibility, I'm facing this situation that's really difficult, but the Word of God says this, there's your opportunity. Which one are you going to believe? Faith, so then we go into a little bit more on faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The, the life that I now live, I live by faith of the Son of God. And then the title of this is naturally the secret to living by faith. Because, you know, you got to have a nice buzzword in there to capture people's attention. Because you just say, we're going to talk about living by faith today. Mm, we're looking about like the secret of living by faith. Oh, the secret. Let's talk about that. So what is the secret? Here's the secret. Actually believe that his word is alive. Use it as a lamp to light your way. Here's my life. This is what the Word says. It illuminates my path. Here's the Word of God teaching me where to go. Feed on it to think spiritually so you'll stay in faith and live by every word that God gives to your heart, which is ultimately His grace working in you. Then you'll be led and taught by God. That's the secret. Amen? All right, so let's keep going. The secret to living by faith. Philip, poke Philip back there, wake him up. There we go. <laughs> All right, Romans 5.1. <clears throat> now we're going to go back and kind of walk through the passages. So, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Say, I have peace with God. God is not mad at me. I am righteous before Him, no matter what I do. Now, does that make you want to go out and do dumb stuff? No. Okay, good. Just checking. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we access grace by faith. When, it's belie when, the, when His promise or His correction becomes believable to you, you will receive the power to live within it. All right, next one, um, Ephesians 3.12. This is continuing on the same process. In, and we read these last week too, Ephesians 3.12. In whom we have boldness and access, we know that's into grace, with confidence. So now an added layer, go in confidently. Why can you be confident? Because he finished the work. He did it for, he made you acceptable and he changed you, Amen. So, confident through our faith in Him. That's, you don't ever try to grow your faith. Just become more persuaded of what Jesus accomplished. Become more persuaded of the character of God. You're trying to experience healing. Don't try to figure out some process to get healed. Just believe that God is a healer. And, and, and the seed will then produce the result of your heart being in a place to allow healing to manifest in your life. Because you can't try to get healed. He already healed you in Christ. It's true in spirit. You believe it. You become persuaded of it. And don't stop it from manifesting in your life by depending on your own strength or walking around in guilt and shame because you didn't measure up last week. 
So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory, all right? Next one. Faith in him is our righteousness, and then the just shall live by faith. We're talking about these two concepts here. Now, go to Galatians 3.11, and I would say read all of the chapter of Galatians 3 this week if you, if you get a moment. Read all of Galatians 3. Better yet, read all of Galatians. It's just, what, five chapters? But so Galatians 3.11, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. To receive grace, power in your time of need, whether it be to inherit a promise or overcome a shortcoming, you need the power in your heart. And the way that it works is you believe that you are whole and at peace with God and righteous before Him in that area. The areas that you're standing before Him and you're feeling that guilt and shame and condemnation, you're using the law as the filter against you, not the finished work of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you should just sin and feel guilt and not feel guilty and be okay with it, but recognize, okay, I'm feeling guilty and ashamed in this area. I'm weak and I don't have victory in this area. I need grace. To access grace, I need to believe I'm already righteous in this area. I already have the capacity to live out of the holiness and the righteousness that God has given me in this area. Now, whether it be inheriting a promise or overcoming a temptation, it works the same way by grace through faith. So, no one is justified. Now, we would never say, God, you owe me some healing. It's like, I gave you some money this week, now pay me my healing. Some people think that. They wouldn't say it that way, but it's kind of thought that way. God, I prayed for 10 people this week, and I really laid myself down. Now, you owe me some blessing. Pay up. I mean, we think people think that way. You wouldn't really think that way, but what we do think is, oh, man, tornado dropped a tree on my house. I wonder, I wonder if I... I wonder what I did wrong for, you know, my neighbor's house was protected, but my house was destroyed. Maybe they're more spiritual than me. Maybe, gosh, I wonder if God likes them more. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all that, you know, and then, we, and then we say, well, my house wasn't touched, but all my neighbors were destroyed. It's like, whoa. <laughs> praise God for that. I mean, praise God. And it might be that you rebuke the storm over your house. Like, be careful, right? Because we can do it. You know, we can control. Like, if somebody had been fully convinced, they could have stood up, told that storm to stop, and it would have stopped. We need to become more convinced because Jesus did it, said we can do it. That's the bottom line. I mean, that's really the bottom line. We all failed at stopping the storm. And that's not a joke. We did. We could have. Any one of us in here have the power within us because the power of God is in you to do it. I don't want to just stop storms just for my house. I want to stop it for the whole community, the whole world. Amen. That's impossible. But God within you, all things are possible. Are you with me? Yeah. I want to go empty out the hospital of cancer. I can't do that. God can. No, there's heart dynamics. There's all those things going on. But we know what God wants. And we know what God wants because we look at the earth before we messed it up. And what was it? It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And then what's it going to be like when God has his 100% influence over the earth again? It's going to be back to perfect again forever. 
That's what he wants. Everything else in between is us sharing dominion over this planet. And look what we've done to it. Can you handle that? It's, t- it's a tough truth. But Christians <laughs> need to hear that. Because who God is is on trial. It, I mean, I can just imagine. Uh, it, it's kind of heartbreaking to think about the messages that are being preached right now in this community about this tornado. And I don't want to disparage those churches. I'm not trying to throw those churches under the bus and say, we got it all figured out. Look how great we are. That's not the point. It's just, man, could we know God? Can we please know God and preach the truth about who he is? So no one is justified. And the fact that you don't live up to it does not invite the curses into your life because Jesus was cursed for you. No, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. That's evident. For the just shall live by faith. Say, I am just. I am, I am righteous. I am right. Yet the law is not of faith. Now, is the law bad? No, it's just not of faith. It's works. Um, it's good to keep you out of trouble, but it doesn't produce righteousness. So, or the power to live transformed. It just tells you what not to do and what to do which before we were born again, we were contrary to anyway. So it really just revealed how sinful we were. All right. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, say, that's me, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And the Spirit is active in your life right now, giving you grace to live the way that you see in the Word. I was praying this week for somebody, and and it came out, God is in your future right now working. It's like God is in, like beyond the veil of time, trying to arrange your life to reflect His glory, and He's inviting you. He's like, come this way. Oh, oh, you missed it. All right. Now come this way. Oh, Oh, you missed it again. Now, now, you know, we got God playing pinball up there, bing, 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 trying to invite us into his blessing, you know. Um, all right, next one, Romans 1, 16. Still staying on that same progress of the just shall live by faith. We live by faith when the word is alive in our heart. Get the word in your heart. We'll keep going on that. So I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation. Salvation, soteria, is the Greek word. That word, there should be about eight words there instead of just one word. Healed, made whole, delivered, restored, kept safe, rescued, delivered from messianic judgment, and prospered. The word soteria includes prospered. For some reason, sozo doesn't. But provision, abundant provision, exceedingly above all that you can ask or imagine, is in God's heart for you so that you can be a blessing to all nations to bring glory to His name. So for everyone who believes, do you believe? Yes. For the Jew first and also the Greek, for in the right, for it, for in it, in what? The gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So righteousness apart from the law through faith is revealed. And then the just 
live by that cycle of continual faith. In other words, the just, the justified, so righteous would might be considered this. I give you the standing, I make you the kind of being that can exist forever in the presence of God. I, chain, I, I grant to you entrance into my presence, God would say. That is righteousness. You're in right standing with me. There's nothing that I have against you that would keep you from being in my presence. We are, you are righteous. You are able to stand in my presence. To get to righteousness, you have to be sanctified and justified. Those are legal processes. Sanctification is what God does with the blood of Christ. He washes you. He cleanses you. He leaves you holy after the washing of His blood, which is the process of justification. In other words, now, legally, you have been the process, you've gone through the legal process to be justified before God, making you righteous, acceptable before Him. I really kind of see them as all the same thing you got to get super technical and throw the Holy Spirit out of church so that you can argue that they're all different things and they happen different ways and at different times and one happens and... Anyway, some of y'all been there and it's infuriating, isn't it? To run those cycles and run, those, run around those trees over and over and over and over and over and over and trying to splinter doctrine when it's Jesus. When it's Jesus, honestly, He is your wisdom, your sanctification, and your redemption. He is the justifier of you. He, he gives you His righteousness. It's Jesus. It's not a bunch of different doctrines. It's Jesus. Jesse, say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Romans 3.21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God... And so it's the same kinds of things, different nuances in the, in the same subject. But now, apart from the law... The righteousness of God has been revealed as attested by the law and the prophets. And this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction for all of sin falls short of the glory of God and are justified freely. You are justified and you stay justified freely. You don't maintain it with your works. These are, this is a spiritual reality to who you are. Now, I'm talking about these kinds of things, about how you get saved. You know, these are not just doctrines of salvation. This is the doctrine of the Christian life. In other words, you live by faith in the same way that you receive Christ Jesus. You live by, to access grace by faith, and it works the same way here. It is a free gift that you believe and receive. Amen? Justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You will live by faith when you believe you are justified and righteous. Next slide. You will live by faith when you believe you are justified and righteous. You see that? The just shall live by faith. Believe that you're just, you'll live by faith. What does faith do? Access is grace. What does grace do? Cool stuff. Like a lot. Next one. You will access grace when you live by faith. Next one. Do you need God's ability working in you? Yes. Become persuaded 
that you are righteous. Grace is accessed by faith. Are, are you seeing it? Do you need God's ability? Become persuaded that you're righteous. As you become persuaded that you're righteous, you will access that grace. The areas that you're not living that way, it's not that you're not righteous because holy you are. Your behavior might not be reflecting it, but your behavior is only reflecting it in the areas, not reflecting it in the areas where you don't believe it, where you don't believe that you're just and righteous already. Are you with me? All right, let's keep going. You will live the abundant life in every area that you believe that you are righteous. And then I've kind of sandwiched it all together here. This is a wordy one. Believing that you are righteous by faith in Him and that you are justified by His blood, I meant to say will, will result in a heart that thinks spiritually and continues to live persuaded of that finished work, which results in walking in God's influence in your life. So, what is living by faith? Let's look at where Jesus did it. Jesus did it. It's not just do it. Jesus did it. All right? Matthew 4, verse 4, and I think he's quoting Deuteronomy 8, 30. Um, Jesus said this. Now, this is, this is, you know, you're probably aware of where this is. This is Jesus after he had been baptized by John the Baptist. He came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. Um, God spoke audibly to the crowd. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's interesting because some people heard thunder and some people heard his voice. I think the condition of the heart of the hearer determined what they heard. I could be wrong. That's just my idea. In other words, if you're there and you're looking at Jesus and you're like, oh, man, yes, this is the Messiah, you probably would have heard his voice declare that. But if you're like, oh, what is going on here? I mean, that's some dude. I mean, that guy was making birdhouses last week, you know. It's like you probably heard thunder. Are you with me? So this was his response when he was weak. I didn't read it. Jesus answered, go back to that, John, uh, Matthew 4, 4. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. How do you live on the words that come out of his mouth? It's, it almost has to be understood spiritually, really. You know, this is where, this is where the intellectual materialist sneaks out the back door or decides to give up their faith because they don't want to try to think spiritually. Even a lot of Christians are fine with acknowledging Christ, acknowledging that God's here somewhere, but to actually live under the influence of this unseen spirit that is active and alive in our lives, and he speaks to us through his written word and makes it alive in our hearts and may even speak to you. He's always going to confirm the written word. That's where, and I'm not trying to prep you for a class on how to hear God, because it's real easy how to hear God. Know the Bible. He'll speak to you using it in every situation. Pretty simple. But then there are times where that spiritual relationship, you'll hear, you know. All right, so this was his response when he was weak. He'd been out there 
30, uh, 40 days, hadn't eaten, tempted of the devil, conquered the devil, uh, the temptation at least, didn't give in to prove who he was through his efforts because that was an opportunity that he had. Prove, I'm going to prove, oh yeah, watch this. No, he didn't do it in his works. He trusted, he submitted to the grace of God in him. All right, so Jesus went to the word and it became strength for him. Pretty good idea. He repented, meaning he changed his mind and allowed the written word to become the living word in him in his moment of weakness. I'm, I know it's repetitive. I'm wanting to say the same thing a bunch of different ways because I want you to use the word. I want you to feed on it, meditate in it. If you're struggling, of, I can't hear you, God. I'm trying to hear God. God just doesn't speak to me anymore. Well, get in the word and watch what happens. What word do you need to live by? You get to answer that. What does the word say about where you are in your life? Know it and believe it until it becomes your strength. It's not just a quote. Jesus didn't just quote scripture. It was alive within him. It was strength for him. So how does it work? How many of you want to know how it works? All right, here we go. Hebrews 11. Now, remember, keeping in mind all that stuff that we talked about faith, right? Faith accesses grace. The just shall live by faith. Faith is being persuaded of him. A little bit more nuance on what faith is. See, because, because we make these concepts mystical, but I want spiritual living to be practical for you. Are you with me? You know, because it's kind of counterintuitive for spiritual things to be practical. We almost set them up against each other, but, but it's not. Spirit is consistent and practical. Spirit is trustworthy. It's dependable. It's more dependable than any science that we have. But our heart doesn't always operate in those consistent laws because we're still one foot in carnality sometimes, right? It's like the quantum realm at the smallest part of life, the laws of physics seem to operate different than the larger laws of physics. If you've done any, you know, we've talked about that in here. I mean, honestly, physicists are trying to figure out a new model of physics because the one we have doesn't work. It doesn't account for how small, how quirks operate. It seem, they seem to be under the influence of human observation and will become either waves or particles depending on what we expect. It's kind of how it is with kingdom. I'm not saying the quantum world is the kingdom, but I'm saying the kingdom world operates a different way than here. And it's consistent, and you can experience it consistently. Know the word. All right, so now faith is assurance. Just think about that for a minute. Faith is assurance. Well, you know, I'm just going to live by faith, which sounds like I ain't too sure. I mean, seriously, right? It's blind faith. I don't have a clue. Blind faith. No, faith is assurance. If you think that you have entered into faith toward God over a particular area, but you don't walk away assured of His promise or His power within you, you're not in faith. You're in doubt. Faith is assurance. Are you with me? Faith is fully persuaded 
None of y'all questioned whether those chairs were going to hold you today. You are fully assured of that chair. God's promises are more sure than those chairs underneath your bottom. Faith. So if you're going to do the faith walk, walk away assured. Amen? Now, faith is the assurance or substance, it says in another language or uh, translation. Substance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. Faith is the certainty of what we do not see. If you read the Word of God, apply it to an area of your life, and you're not certain, you're not in faith. Does that make you a bad, evil person? No. It just means you've got some work to do, laboring to enter into the rest, laboring to get your heart persuaded of who He is and that He has actually accomplished that. Now, here's the illustration. So it's a certainty of what we don't see, and what you don't see specifically are those things that Jesus paid for, everything that Jesus gave you in His inheritance. I told you it was a lot, right? You good? Do we need a coffee break? All right. This is why the ancients uh, were commanded, by faith we understand. It's another dynamic of faith. You're trying to understand life, and you're reading the tea leaves of circumstances out externally. Well, you know, this happened, so that must mean we got to go here. Well, no, that happened. I got to go. Oh, a bird came in 27 degrees due southeast, and, I'm, and that means this, and Psalm 27. Oh, there it is. You know, it's like we're trying to discern the will of God by looking at the broken world. <laughs> no, he's in you. Know him inwardly. Amen. Don't try to discern God's will through external circumstances. It's like the least effective way to try to know his will. Know his will by knowing what Jesus accomplished. Amen. And then when something external happens, it's not confusing to you. You're not sitting there looking at it going, oh, man, what does this mean? You know what it means. It's either from God or it's not. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand. Faith, assurity, certain, understand. It's because you're spiritually thinking. You're using spiritual knowledge to determine your beliefs rather than the condition of this world or somebody else in this world that you love, the condition of their life. You're not trying to discern God that way. You're using faith to understand the situation, and then you believe God's truth for that situation. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what's visible. Please don't look at what's visible to try to understand what is unseen. Look at what is unseen to understand what is visible. You can either choose to live that way or not. It's difficult for the scientific mind. It's difficult for the average person to think this way. You know, the carnal man receives not the things of the Spirit. We analyze and measure. And it's fine to be organized. You know, there's a lot of Christian scientists or scientists that are Christian out there. You know what I mean? They... All right, let's keep going. <laughs> so we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, and then faith in what? So Hebrews 11.3, again, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what, is, what, was, in, what was visible. 
Again, we're trying to figure out how to live under the power of grace. We're trying to figure out how to live these transformed lives. We're trying to figure out how to have a better relationship with our children, how to have a better relationship with our spouses, with our friends. We're trying to understand the world and what we can do to affect governments or problems in the world. We're trying to understand how to represent God in this earth. We're trying to understand how to experience the blessings that he died for us to receive. And it all works by grace through faith. Faith accesses the grace that you need to answer all of those areas of life that you're trying to figure out how to live within. Amen? So, faith in what? God's Word. Not just written, but what He's currently speaking to you. He will help you, and He will give you grace for grace. Say, God will help me. Two more scriptures, Galatians 2.19. This is another description of what it looks like to live, empowered by Him, and what not to do. So, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. And I would say, quote this out loud, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Like, do you believe that? Do you believe that that Christ is alive in you and that He lives through you? Like, just sit and meditate on that. You're facing a situation where you need an answer or you have a desire to step into a calling. You have a desire to experience a promise. You have a problem you're facing. Christ is living in you. To the degree that you believe that, you'll experience the power of that. Now, what does that mean? It'll mean what it means in the moment, and the Holy Spirit will teach you what it means in that moment right? That's why we have to be familiar with His Word because He'll use it to refine in the moment. Don't sit and wait for some preacher to tell you what it means or how to live by faith. You know, my role is to equip you to do the work of the ministry, not to do the work of the ministry for you. You know, a lot of people believe that about churches. They go to church and it's like, well, you know what, all those paid people should be running around doing all the work of the ministry. Well, you know what, paid or not, what I want to do is convince you that you are qualified for you to step out and do the work of the ministry. And churches are the worst for making people sit in church for years upon years upon years, making people think, well, the church one day is going to do something where I can fulfill my call. Please don't think that here. Don't wait. Don't wait for us to do something where you're like, finally, I can follow God now. Are you with me? If you do have something in your heart, Let's talk. Let's put it into practice. Let's put it in action. We'll get behind you in full force if it makes sense to do so. Otherwise, go find somebody to love and serve. Amen? Y'all okay with that? I mean, I think it's freeing, actually, for me and you. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, another translation says, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I think it's both. We live by faith in him, and his faith is alive in us to live by also. So in other words, you're not limited to your own ability to believe and be persuaded. You have Christ's ability to believe. You have the mind of Christ within you. You have the grace of God in your heart. You have the capacity of Jesus to believe God. 
I do not set aside or frustrate the grace of God. How do you set aside the grace of God? God, I see your word says this. I have this promise in my heart, but I don't really want to feel like doing it that way. So, you know, I've, I've got to work. And, and we do this mostly in the areas where we're strong, not where we're weak. So I don't frustrate the grace of God. And, you know, that word frustrate, you're not, it's not that God gets frustrated and then he pulls back his grace. That's not what it's saying. You actually constrict the word, of, the, the word of God or the grace of God from working in your heart when you depend on your own strength. Believe that you are righteous in Him. The more that you believe your righteousness in any given area, you will, live, you will access the grace to live in that way. So for it is, I don't set aside or frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, Christ died for nothing. Next verse, don't neglect grace. Go to His Word to renew your mind and become empowered as it becomes alive in you. Last verse. Yeah, I just want me to, I keep going. What is grace doing? The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Praise God for that. We're saved. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Grace is doing that. Grace, God's influence in your heart, is teaching you how to live this. So if you ever run across anybody that says, well, you know, grace is permissiveness, say, no, actually, grace is teaching me to live godly. I don't know what you believe about grace, but it's teaching me to live godly. So while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. How many of you want to do what is good? You know, and so this is a lot. I realize that. But I pray that it brings you down to a point where you realize, man, I can change. I can. I don't have to stay depressed. I don't have to stay sick. I don't have to continue to abuse my body and not feel good and just don't feel like doing things. I don't have to blow up. I don't have to, you know, turn to other stuff rather than the peace of God. I can trust God. The grace of God is alive and active. It can actually help me. It, it will teach me to live godly. I don't even know what godliness is, but I'm willing to submit myself to this grace. I'm willing to live under the lordship of Jesus to allow His Spirit within me to continue to shape me. Because I want, I love, I love my Father. I, lo I love Him. I want to live in a way that's respectful and honoring to Him. You know, I don't want to dishonor God. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I know that God cares about me. He loves me. He, he has my best interest at heart. I don't want to disappoint Him. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, be like the prodigal son and take half my inheritance and run out or my, my inheritance and run out and neglect his love for me. You know, I mean, I, I think the body of Christ needs to change how we see God. And we're doing it in here. Sent this tornado. God sent that tornado. I mean, you know, what happened? That's what they'll say. You know what I mean? Well, it's the sin and the debauchery that attracted the tornado and God is judging. You don't, you might as well spit in the face of Jesus if you dare say God sends tornadoes for judgment. Jesus is like, hey, remember what I did on that cross? 
Remember, remember all of that suffering I did for you? God sent a tornado to me on the cross for you so that he don't have to send it to the world anymore. In fact, you can't bear it. And a lot of that stuff that God did under the old covenant was because the people he was in covenant with got him into a situation where he had to defend them and operate in a way to uphold the covenant to rescue them. God's not just up here saying, well, you know, I think you need to learn a lesson. I'm going to take your dog away. Uh, I'm going to give your child cancer. That'll teach you. Like, really? Come on. We know this, but the world doesn't know this. The world does not know God this way. They don't. They don't know that God is a ready and present help. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do to get out there and show people the goodness and the love of God. You know? Is He just? Absolutely He's just, but He, but he was just at the cross. Right? We're not throwing away any element of God. We're putting it in proper context. Amen. Amen. There is a grace available for you. So, you know, I hope that you walk out of this today. And we're kind of wrapping up this series. Next week is Easter. Easter's not canceled this year. Praise God. But I pray that you, that it causes you to pause a little bit. Like if this message were to be successful in your life, what it looks like is you go to live your life and then you just pause for just a moment. You think, okay, God, I acknowledge you. I, I just acknowledge you, Lord. You know, because when you acknowledge him, he'll lead your paths. But not only acknowledge you, I want to do, I love you. I'm in a good relationship with you. I want to live in a way that brings honor to you. So what is that? That might mean you do a little bit of research in the word, and then in the moment, you trust him. And then he says in 1 John, don't sin, but if you do, remember, you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ has already paid the price for that. God's not relating to you based on your sin. Doesn't mean run out and just have a party in your sin, but, you know, don't let it get you twisted up about God not there to help you. You know, in fact, the more free you realize you are in that from God's judgment, the less power that thing has over you. It's just an interesting spiritual dynamic that works. If you hear permissiveness in that, quit thinking carnally, you old legalistic thing, you. But as grace is available, choose it. Choose grace. Amen? Let's stand up and just put our attention on him. You know, we, we will continue to update about what we can do to serve our community. <clears throat> but look for ways where you can choose grace. Amen? So, Kretzu family, I know Josh just went out. He'll be back in a minute. Um, is this y'all's last Sunday? You're going to try to come Easter. We did a big send-off for them last week. If you didn't get to see that prayer, go back and watch the message on YouTube. It was beautiful. We love you guys. We're going to miss you. But so you're not sure yet. So this might be our last Sunday with you guys here. Um, and if you're not here, I get it. Y'all got tons of things to do. You got Easter with family. And if you don't know who I'm talking to, this is the Kretsu family. And they're moving to Thailand full time, all of them. So we're behind them as a church fully. 
If you haven't yet, I really encourage you set up a recurring monthly gift, however much you can, five, 500, 5,000, whatever. They'll use it to reach people that have not heard of the name of Jesus. And we will be the church that stays behind them and supports them. So we're for you. We're for you. So just put your attention on the Lord. Father, we thank you that you're alive. You know, kind of let the distractions go for just a minute and connect with him in your heart. Realize that he's alive within you. You know, God, you might, you might be thinking, I don't really know you that well. I don't really, I don't really know much about this kind of stuff, but that's all right. God loves me, and I want to live on this earth the best way that he will lead me. I want to yield to him. I want to yield to him to know him. I want to know him. That's, that's what I think he was trying to say. Just get your heart to a place where you want to know him. Just tell him, I want to know you. I want to know you. And I don't have to work to try to know you. I just, I just want to know you. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you influence me. I'm going to let you shape me. And I'm going to let you bless me. <laughs> Just tell him that. I'm going to let you bless me, God. I will not let my guilt and shame or even my own self-effort keep me from letting you bless me. And just see your business. See your relationships. See your job. God, I'm going to let you bless me in this moment. You want to do in my life exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. I'm doing pretty good right now, God, but you want to do even better. I'm going to let you bless me, God. I'm going to get out of my own way and let you take all the limits off of my life. I trust you. Just tell him you trust him. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. Father, I speak life and health over every person in this place. I speak your supernatural wisdom and strength. Father, I thank you that we have opportunities to be a blessing. I thank you that we have opportunities to yield to you, to experience the transformative power of your grace, and we step into them. I thank you that we have your word to feed on it, to allow it to empower us. And just make the decision you're a generous person. In every way, you're a generous person. You're a generous person. Say, I am generous on every occasion. I am not limited in any way. God's blessing is alive in my life to be a blessing. Amen.